powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Society 13 and Frogzilla Radio proudly present Frog Watch with your friend and host, Big Tony Rousey. AKA Watch Watch. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Welcome back to Prog Watch. I am your host, Big Tony the Prog Squatch. And I haven't got much time to talk today because we have a lot of music and a lot of great interview material with none other than David Longden songwriter, vocalist, and multi-instrumentalist from Big Big Train. I'll tell you, I was so excited about doing this interview that I had a false start. I asked the first question, and David started answering before I realized that I hadn't started recording. Well, he didn't make me feel like an arse at all. Thanks, David. And things got rolling along from there. So my esteemed guest this week is none other than David Longden, lead vocalist, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist for Big Big Train. David, it's a real pleasure having you on the show. Great. Thank you, Tony. I really appreciate it. So uh, as I said in my little preamble there, you are a multi-instrumentalist. You play various instruments, flute, banjo, things with strings, a little bit of keys, whatever. Uh, are you one of these gifted people who just picked something up to have a go, or were you formally trained? A little bit of both. Um, I've, I, I have an ear for music, so which enables me to pick up different instruments and work things out quite quickly. And I can not, normally get a tune out of something quite quite rapidly with those things. But when I was younger, I did have keyboard lessons and um, flute lessons. Uh, but the theoretical side of it all, and the, if you like the, the, uh, the if you like the orchestral side of playing, was something that um, I struggled with because I was really crafty. I had a, a a teacher and she was a lovely lady but um i would get her to play the i would get her to demonstrate the stuff to me and i so said she'd sit and she'd play the piece and i i would play it by ear i just as soon as she as soon as she played it I, i'd pick it up and play it uh, and and so i was really shooting myself in the in the foot in the in the uh, in the long term but uh, yeah over the years i have um particularly with we're working on extended pieces like we do in uh, in big big train kind of uh lengthy song form 
formats and formations. Um, you, uh, it, you do. I, I have to write things down. I use them. Um, I, I, I write manuscript down so that in, in what I'm forming live or if I'm working out parts because it's just faster, you know. And um, that's that's it. So yes and yes in answer to that question, Tony. Okay, so you do have some formal training at least to be able to write out the music. Yes, I do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I never had a knack for that at all. I'm just uh, I, I play a little bit. I'm I'm a pick it up and and kind of play a guy and just play enough of anything to be able to get what I hear in my head, like you were saying, across, you know. But uh, I could never write it, you know. I I, I know some theory, you know. It's you yeah. need you need to know theory, you know. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Uh, you do. It ultimately it saves time. Um, I I was working as a, a teacher at one point teaching music technology, and. Um, notation was something that i taught it's one of the modules and uh i i wanted to do it because i wanted to know more about it and um that was really useful actually explaining it to uh students and going through it and uh it was great you know it's something that i've been able to utilize and uh something that i enjoy very much that's that's interesting so uh I find myself thinking of you as the new vocalist of bbt but uh you know you've been in the band for quite a quite some time now yeah, I joined in 2009, yeah. Right, so you're going on eight years, I guess, you know. We're, we're getting there, aren't we? Yeah, so. and, well, yeah, anyway, um, so how did you end up being in the band, and you want to fill us in on some of the things that you were doing before you joined? Yes, okay, uh, well, I'd been, um, I've been working on and off in d- different bands for most of my life, and um, that kind of thing, always kind of being either in the right place at the wrong time or the wrong place <laughs> at the right to all those kinds of things because there's a lot of um there's a lot of luck involved in 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 lots of this sure um i become a father and i not i i was just i just finished my first solo album listening out a record called wild river um my partner said to me she said you know in order to uh, you know we've got responsibilities now she said and she said in order to make it work um you know really that you you can't be spending lots of money on on making music it has to pay the bills and that's fine and a, and, a, and a colleague of mine said to me uh when i gave him a copy of the album he said well it's um it's just zeros and ones in your attic you know the digital um thing he said if you're not if you're not selling enough you know you can't really warrant the expenditure so i took this to heart and i went okay so i I found a uh, an interview an online interview with a guy called martin orford who was um, a keyboard sure. player rock band called uh, or near progressive rock band called IQ. Right, right. I, I like what he said, and I, you know, he seemed a very sort of very forthright character. So I decided that I call um, their their record company, which is Giant Electric P. I got the answer machine and explained a little about myself. He picked the picked up the phone, and he said, "Well, he was actually get, preparing to leave the music business," and he said uh, he, he was doing one final solo album as a as a as a as a, as a wave goodbye if you like mm-hmm. um he, he said the deal was if i could sing these two songs that he got in mind for me better than he could they'd go on his record <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i came down to southampton and um it was at that session um i mean i must have he must have liked them because they weren't these the two songs went on his solo album the old it's called the old road and yeah, um, I have it. yeah. that's uh, it's a good album martin's a great writer yeah yeah um, yeah, Rob Aubrey was the the, the engineer at that uh, at that recording session, and that's how uh, Rob met me. And um, that evening, when the session was over, he was on the phone to, uh, unbeknown to me, uh, 
to Andy and Greg saying, well, I think I might have found you a singer. And that's, that was the start of it, really. And that's how it, that's how I got involved with them. Okay. Um, some of our listeners may not know it, but you actually auditioned to be the singer for Genesis after, yes, I did. yeah, after Phil formally left the band. Um, they ended up doing just the one album calling all stations with Ray Wilson. But, uh, would you care to fill us in a little on what it was like to audition for a spot in one of the greatest progressive rock bands of all time? Well, I got the audition thanks to a friend of mine called Gary Bromham. And Gary Bromham was, um, he was working on an album that he was recording uh, at the farm. The farm's, uh, the Genesis studio. That's studio, yeah. And um, he was working with the engineer, uh, Nick Davis. And um, Nick mentioned that, that Phil had left the band and they were going to start looking for singers. And Gary said, well, Gary had worked with me and we'd written songs. And he said, well, to, to, he said to Nick, I think I might have somebody that may fit the bill for you that, that would, would be able to do it. Anyway, so Gary gave him the song. Nick liked it. He gave a copy of the song. Uh, the song was a song of mine called uh, Hieroglyphics of Love. <laughs> and it's been a very lucky song for me, that one, over the years. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah, Tony heard it, liked it, waited for Mike Rutherford to come back from off of tour uh, with um, – with Mike and the Mechanics, and Mike liked it. And um, the next thing was a, a phone call from Tony Smith inviting me to come down to the audition. And they told me the songs that they they wanted me to sing, and uh, and I could uh, I could pick something that I would like to sing. So I, I wanted to sing "In the Cage" from The Land Lies Down on Broadway. Cool. Where I thought that would be a good one to do. So that was it. I went. I came down. I, I did the audition. They 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 auditioned me. It seemed like a long time they were auditioning me. Um, because they they need with with regard to Ray Wilson they got footage of him performing with Stiltskin, and they got albums with him on. I hadn't got any music readily available, and there were no videos of me in the charts or anything like that. So I was very very inexperienced, and well, I was experienced but not at that level, um, and I was I was unknown, completely unknown. So they they spent a lot of time with me doing that. And the next thing I had to do was to uh, they uh, I was my band at that time was called the Gift Horse. And we, they asked us to play uh, a concert where we, we, they could, so they could see how I moved about on on stage, and um, mm -hmm. so it's things like that. It was, it was an amazing time, and um, interesting, interesting looking back on it all. Um, but it was, well, yeah, it was an amazing thing to go through. And they were, they were, they they were trying to get the best out of um, their situation, obviously, because replacing Phil Collins is a, is a mammoth task. Right. You know, he's, He's a he's a hero, really, and uh, and he make he, he makes all that he makes doing what he does look very very easy, and um, it's not. There's a lot of craft goes into what he does. Yeah. And, uh, but anyway, that was it. That in, at the end of the day, um, it, they thought about having two vocalists like Mike and the Mechanic, but I kind of rumbled that there was something um, not quite um, whatsoever. I, I, I knew it wasn't cut and dry because. I've never met Ray Wilson and we've never been in touch about it or spoken about it. So it wasn't as if they were going to put us side by side. And, um, I, I think, you know, they were thinking that at the end of the day that there would be, it would come down to one vocalist and for whatever reason, you know, rightly or, or wrongly or whatever. I mean, it's, it's a long time ago now, Tony. So, yeah. um, it's, and I've, I've done so much with big, big train. It just seems like it's just an interesting little aside. A little tidbit. It, it, yeah. Life. And, you know, so, so that was it, you know, um, that's what it was. I didn't, I didn't get the, I didn't get the job in the end. At the time I was thinking, well, it just seemed, um, 
like to have a little, little crestfallen about it. It's only natural, but sure. to be honest, it seems such a, a crazy thing anyway. Um, and hey, well, but um, you know, that's it. They, they made the best choice that they thought they could make and, you know, good luck to them. You know, that was, um, that, that was the way I took it. And, um, and that was it. And I think, you know, I don't know the album. I've got the album and I, and I saw them live when they played it. And, um, you know, I thought, I thought Ray didn't do a bad job with it at all. He did, you know, all things considered. I agree. Really well with it. And, you know, come on, he's trying to fill Phil Collins huge shoes, you know, that right. and on one album. And, you know, it's, it's, it was a tall order for him. And, uh, but I thought, you know, he bought, he, he did his best with it. He did his best as, as much as he could with what he had. And, uh, you know, you know, great, good. But, um, you know, by that time I was, I was history. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you have any impressions of Tony and Mike? I mean, you know, as far as were they all business or, you know, was it, was it loose or, you know, how, how did it go? Well, um, they were very, they're very, very real people in bear in mind that they're both extremely, um, both quite shy people. And the banter that they had between them, the, the conversations would, you could see that they'd been very old friends. Mm-hmm. And you could see that they'd also shared great success together. So there's a confidence, but there was a shyness, and they they would um, mercilessly sort of take the take the uh, uh, the Mickey out of each other. You know, they they uh, sort of joke with each other at each other's expense. Okay. <laughs> often. Um, but they were they, they were fine. They treated me very very well, and um, they were trying to look for a, a sensible way through. You know, like a they weren't try, doing. You know, they they weren't hard headed about it, and they weren't they they not got their business hats on but i guess in some ways they had because they were they they got to be sure that whoever got the job was a would be able to cope with the pressure at that level and um that was it but they were i i have no um i have no qualms about the way i was treated um uh, actually the lady was really good with me it was uh, carol willis who's one of their um uh, she's she's an aide to tony smith their manager and mm-hmm. carol, carol was fantastic with me very cool. Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know how many people know that, but that, yeah, that's one of the interesting, I guess, little eddies and currents in your career. career there, uh, I wonder what that album would have sounded like. You know, if you had got the spot. You know, it's it's something to uh, ponder a little bit. Well, yeah, but well, it, like I say, Tony, it's fifteen years ago. Right, right. I, I'm. I, I've got. I've got over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, well, you know, I. I didn't mean to bring it up as a bad thing. I just thought it was interesting, and some of the, what, the listeners might might enjoy hearing how that all went. Well, what you said is the thing, isn't it? That it's the. Um, it is that what if you know. That it's what you know. What what if? And there's enough of um, big big track. There's a there's an there's enough of a of a of a spirit of kind of Genesis ishness about big big train yeah. to kind of as well so i i don't know it i don't know it would have been uh genesis is not uh big big train um big big train is not genesis they're both very different bands you know? right but very english i think in their own ways there is that similarity yeah i thought this would be a nice time to take a pause and hear some music so here's fat billy shouts mine from one of david's earliest outings with bbt the far skies deep time ep in 2010 
stood on a beach when the sky was full of sun. Jumpers to goalposts and sand for grass, a crowd of none. Billy crossed over too many lies, but not this far over.
Once again, that was Fat Billy Shouts Mine from the Far Skies Deep Time EP by Big Big Train in 2010. Now back to the interview. So, I mean, I wanted to talk a little bit about like your song topics. I think they're fantastic. I love the story in Winky. And uh, okay. uh, just the whole the telling the bees, you know, there's so, so many interesting things. And uh, as you've become more of an integral part of the band's identity, I think the music has become even more like rustic and, quote, English, if that's at all possible. I mean, is this a, something that was a conscious effort or is it just more or less, you know, you guys just following the muse wherever it leads? Well, we did, well yeah, I guess in many cases, um well, Greg and I, tend, we write together and we write apart. But um, when we were looking for the, the title for Folklore and things like that, we, we really looked at the songs that were in the pipeline, the type of things that, that we were writing about. And um, I'm very interested in a lot of uh, folkloric tradition. And I like, I like the themes of folk music, but not necessarily folk music as such. You know, it's... Um, I, I like it. I, li- I like the subject matter, and I, I like the idea of like maybe reinterpreting it in a little bit of a different way. And, you know, I'm, I don't know. I just I'm, I'm not really writing to please anybody else, and I'm not writing to fulfil a brief. I'm, I'm I'm writing to kind of get the music that I hear out. You know, um, so it's no, it's not it's not contrived and it's not calculated. It's um, it's just what it is. You know, that one thing about Big Big Train is. Yeah, you know, we are we are being we are being ourselves. That that's the point behind it, and I think that's that's where uh, when a, when artists and bands when they are themselves, that's when the the the, the magic stuff happens. You know. Sure. Um. So, do you have an interest in history and things like that? Do you do you pull a lot of your subject matter from that, as in Winky? Some of it, yes. Yeah, so Winky was a true story, and um, this is a war story. But the thing that appealed to me uh, was the fact it was a um, it was about a, a, a war hero or a war heroine, but um, the heroine wasn't uh, wasn't a human. It wasn't a person, know? yeah. Um, it was a bird, and uh, I, I just like the fact that uh, that was there. But when you look back onto it, it's a fascinating story. Yes, it is. I mean, to be honest, the, you know, the, the the track itself is a bit crazy and it's a bit outlandish. But um, again, it, you were, when I was writing it, I thought, well. I've got to, I've got to write it in the way that I'm hearing it and the way it's unfolding. You know, I, you know, I, once it was done, it was done, and that was it. And I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm on to the next sort of thing, really. So, um, so yeah, the, the, some of it contains history. Uh, Greg's um, very keen on on, on history. Um, he's, he's um, it's, he, he, we, you know, we both have, a, have a, an enthusiasm for that kind of thing. But we also have a, an enthusiasm for unusual stories, things that catch um, catch our attention. Or sometimes stories that are, can be quite normal stories, if you like, but suddenly we'll find a, an unusual angle or um, um, an interesting aspect of the story, maybe that um, that uh, isn't what you would would expect. Okay, um, yeah, but I'll tell you what you know. You can say what you want about Wiggy, but when I first heard it, it gave me like tingles. I, I mean, your voice is is so uh, it's so emotional, and just listening to the story and how uplifting it was in the end, you know, I mean, just the way everything, you know, the music, your voice, everything, it just works together. It seems on some of these tracks, and it just lifts it up to something different. I mean, I, I really get into that. It's fantastic. 
Thanks for saying that, Tony. The thing, the thing with Winky was the whole thing about it is that the I wanted the music to be almost like a, a an action adventure piece of music. So it's definitely serving the story. It's telling factually what happens. You know, it's not. Um, I'm not making it up. That's that the, these events did happen, and um, that that was that was good. The doing of it, and I wanted it to be. I want it to sound like almost like an like an Indiana Jones soundtrack. So it's you know the music is telling every little bit of the story, and uh, interpreting that you know from um, Winky's flight and then getting back home safely and the fatigue and the, all all of that. Yeah, it's all, all there in the music. Yeah, it's like a soundtrack almost. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I want it to be like a mini soundtrack. And of course, yeah. start, you know, start looking into things like that and. Uh, and that's what it. That's all it was. It wasn't trying to be anything other than that. It was uh, just to tell the story, and for the music to serve um, the episodes within the story, if you like. That was it. Okay, so uh, there's a lot more brass on this album. Is that a direction where you guys are headed? Um, well, we 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 enjoy working with the brass. I'm, I'm, to be honest, Tony, I've not really thought about that. Um, yeah, well, we've got them, and it'd be good to use them. And if we play live uh, as Big Big Train. Um, uh, with a full band, we can't, you know, playing without the brass, um, it wouldn't be right, really. It's a big part of our sound, or, or the either big, big train sound definitely features those sort of uh, those types of things. So, I guess in many ways, we are. Well, I know Winky's got brass in it, and um, Folklore's got brass, brass in it from my stuff, but obviously, Telling the Bees hasn't. Um, so, I don't, yeah, we, if, if we've got them, we might as well use them. And uh, to add, it adds more of a dynamic to it, and it adds a lot of colour. Sure. It normally makes it's a massive sound as well when they start playing. I know when we when we play things like Victorian brickwork and the brass kick in, it's very emotional. You know, <laughs> when when people start hearing, you give people start weeping. <laughs> well, that's that's great. I mean, you're moving people. That's uh, what more can you ask for as an artist to have to have that connection? You know. Uh, Back to Mike Rutherford, I heard him talking about, you know, uh, the living years, the song, you know, and how many letters he had gotten over the years that said, you know, listening to that song made me, you know, patch up my relationship with my dad or my brother or, you know, whatever it was. It made people realize that life is short and to, you know, bury the hatchet sometimes and, and, and get beyond things because you never know, you know, how, how long we're going to be here. And I, yeah. I just thought, man, what a feeling that would be to write a song and have people, you know, writing to you to tell you how much it meant to them and that it changed their lives. I mean, I don't think you could ask for more. Well, with, 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 with the, the, the nature of modern kind of social media, um, fans of, of groups, bands, that they have a lot more access, direct access to the artists. And with Big Big Train, that's something that uh, we obviously, we, we we like that. We like to be able to speak directly with our fans. And, and, you know, and there are people that will write to us and say particular songs, they've had songs uh, played at different times, like, for, for example, births, marriages and deaths. And you realise that... Um, you know, you, you really are, you know, there is a community of people that uh, are interested in the band and, and, and meet regularly. We've got a, a, a Facebook forum. Uh, right. It's very active and very large, and it's like a community. I'm, I'm in it, you know, and yeah. I, I, I see all the posts. You have some rabid fans over there, man. <laughs> That's it. And um, it's, it's a world, you know. They, these people are, there are people who are born into that world and live in that world, and there are people who sadly passed away uh, doing it so you know you we are right 
the our music is a soundtrack to, to to people's lives. Because once you write something, Tony, it's out. That's it. It's it's once it's gone, it's a uh, it's out into the in uh, into the world at large. So people pick up on all kinds of stuff within these songs. You know, um, that's an interesting thing as well. I was talking to somebody recently uh, about songwriting, and a lot of songwriters tend to to shy away from saying, "Oh, we I I, I, I don't." I don't like to, to tell people what the song's about. I don't like to discuss the meaning. Well, with Big Big Train, the meaning of the songs are very, very specific about what they are. But people say, some, some people think, well, if you're that specific, then it means it can't possibly mean anything else to, to, to anybody else other than what we, we the writers, are saying it's about. And that's not true because people interpret, it, interpret these things for themselves. You know, they're... Um, because that's what music and art does, you know. It makes people think. It, it's uh, it's very direct, and it is. And, and if we're lucky enough to be able to written music that resonates with people at significant moments in their lives, that's great. That that's 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 an honor. That's an honor for for us as songwriters and, and musicians. Yeah, I I get that feeling. The sound, you know, you're part of the soundtrack of their lives. I love that when you said that because that's that's kind of what I was getting at. Now, you know, you've you've touched them on another level. You're 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 part of their lives and yeah it's yeah. got to be and a then, good feeling you know thankfully imagine i can't imagine a time imagine being i don't know in 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 a big band in one of the big prog bands in the 70s imagine going from gig to gig where they wouldn't really meet that many people they'd see a lot of hotel rooms mm-hmm. and no social media so they'd have no they'd be existing in a bubble and they'd have no direct contact other than when they're on stage with fans uh, or if they're signing um, uh, autographs at the back stage back door, you know, right. um, that would have been it. And I can't imagine, I can't imagine not having that, you know, as as a musician and a performer. That's the best bit. The fans, are, the fans are the best bit in the sense that you know where you start meeting people and people start talking to you and they tell you about their lives and their, you know, that 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 bond is is uh, is very special. And um, yeah, that that's you know, it's nothing to be frightened of. It shows. I mean, it shows. I think that you, as a band, appreciate that and and you know foster that in your fans and the fans. Like I said, they're rabid. They love you guys, and uh, you know they're they're so active and they're such a community. It's really cool. Yeah, they're great. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Progzilla, bringing you the best progressive music has to offer. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's take another break here and do another tune. This one is East Coast Racer from the English Electric Part 2 album and the English Electric Full Power Collection.
That was one of those historical, emotional, big, big train tunes about a locomotive named Mallard, which set a speed record in 1938. East Coast Racer from English Electric Part 2 and the Full Power Collection. Now back to my conversation with David Longden. So uh, anyway, I guess moving moving along here, well, um, you guys took home the Best Live Event Award and the Band of the Year Award at this year's Progressive Music Awards. That's quite a feather in your collective cap, I guess. Um, it was amazing. What an amazing, what an amazing occasion. It, is, um, it really was um, a momentous moment for the band. And uh, also for, you know, not only for the band, but again, for the fans, the people that vote for us, the people that like our music that, that uh, voted for us in those categories. And that's all down to them that we received those awards. Uh, for us, it's, but it was amazing because it's, um, we beat off some pretty, um, you know, we, 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 we were, we, you know, there were not the, our peers within the categories were, were kind of heavyweights in there as well. You know, I won't mention names cause you, it's, it's not fair, but, um, yeah, we, it, you know, we were given a run for our money, I think, I hope. And, um, that's cool. But yeah, we, uh, what an honor. I mean, it was, it was incredible. It was incredible. So, um, do you feel like you're on the verge of something even bigger? Is this like, do you feel the big, big train gaining momentum, chugging down the track faster and faster? <laughs> well, there's all those sorts of metaphors. The thing is, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you could say, well, yes, we're going to go and do this. We're going to do that. But it depends how well these things are received. And I'm always reminded of the, the fantastic Bill Bruford and his quotes uh, when he said, um, you know, the, the fan wants yesterday. The fans want yesterday the musicians want tomorrow. And um, in some cases that, that, that might be the case. So, I mean, we are going to kind of, you know, we've got lots of musical ideas. I think with, with big, big train, I feel that there's still, and Greg, Greg and I, we still feel there's much more to do. You know, we've only really, we're only just scraping the surface of what I think we think the potential of the band is now, whether that will, uh, what, I mean, we may never win another award again in our lives. You know, it, we, it, we, we may have peaked, um, a couple of Thursdays ago, you know, yeah. <laughs> when we got the, that could be the zenith. You, well, you don't know. You just got to keep going. And I mean, I, as far as as myself and Greg are concerned, you know, we're we're on to the next album. We're we're, we're doing that. We're um we're 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 working on that now as as another band as a band, and we're getting that done. So for us, it's kind of business as usual and we've got a we're working on a, a concept album as well we've been doing that for a little while so we've got a lot of stuff in the in the in the pipeline and we've got the live shows we love we played live for the first time uh for a long long time it, well uh it, last summer at the king's place right. and those shows incredible you know so we're going to be doing that again next year not at king's place but uh there's going to be uh, there'll be an announcement of the details of those things within well shortly actually so, um, so yeah, we've got, in answer to your question, Tony, is there more from Big Big Train? Well, yes, well, you know, we've got more to say, we've got more to do. We've got more that we've got more music that we, that we want made. Um, have we, you know, is there life in it? Yes, I think so. We all get on. It's a, it's a, it's a great band to be in the people, the musicians and the, the, the crew and the fans. They're all, they're all fantastic. You know, they're, they're, they're really good folk. And, um, uh, We'll just keep pressing on. That's it. We just, I mean, musician, really. I, all I'm really kind of concerned about, you know, the only thing I can do is keep writing more music, and that's that's what I intend to do. Yeah, it's part of you. That's 
Yeah. I didn't realize what a part of me it was until I gave it up for a while when my kids were little and, you know, I yep. fell out of it and didn't really realize how much I missed it until I picked it up again, you know? It's like, wow, there was, there was like a little bit of a hole in my life that, uh, that wasn't being filled anymore, you know? And then when I started writing music again, it was just, it it was a good thing. It's, I think, you know, when they say they quote studies, how, you know, doing that kind of stuff, being creative is stress relief and all that. I, I'm a hundred percent with that. And so, but having said that, being a musician is a blessing and a curse. It's not, it's not an easy existence. It's not, um, it's not plain sailing, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, I'll never, uh, I'll, I'll never have the success that you're having right now. I know that, but uh, I keep doing it anyway. You know, I've got a little group of guys who are willing to spend some time and effort, and it's amazing what you can do with a computer these days. If you, you know, I was always into sound and stuff like that. So, be hey, of what you do and make the music that um, you know, make the music that you really enjoy making. Yeah, you love what you do, and you know, you you you're making it from that angle and putting that love and care and attention in it, just be yourselves and make the music that you want to make. Because, hey, well, you know, what else is there to do, really? What else? <laughs> right. So the, the modern music scene, I think it's kind of, I mean, everything's obviously blown up and the old model just isn't there anymore and all the money. and. But in a way, I, you know, the silver lining, I guess, is that you don't have record companies trying to tell you that your next album has to have son of whatever your last hit was you know you know you don't have to deal with a and r guys and stuff like that you know and i guess it's a a little bit more creative maybe even if the money isn't there exactly yeah that's exactly exactly it the money isn't what it was you know we you know i wonder you know you know none of none of big big train live we've not got swimming pools and things like that (laughs) or or, you know it's um that's okay that's okay and you know money can only yeah obviously it's nice to have be comfortable but you know i'm you know i've worked all my life as alongside as being a musician i still go to work you know so um what do you do actually well i'm kind of in the in the 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 hinterland in between uh um being doing a lot of music because i i I only work part-time i've gone down to working part-time i used to be a teacher and uh I, i stopped doing that because well amongst other things that there was a it was taking a lot of time, you know, to, to do it. So the preparation and marking and things, it's a, it's a fully involved job. So I work in a, in a, in a, a, a local supermarket <laughs> for four, four days a week. Okay. Uh, you know, they're not long days, but it keeps the wolf from the door. It keeps me sane. It, I like, it lets me, it lets me meet people as well. I really enjoy speaking with people. I like, you know, I like the the um, the banter and all that kind of stuff, and you know, it, it gives me a bit of money. Yeah, my so. day jobs in the uh, home brewing and winemaking business. So, <laughs> so yeah, we have a couple of stores here in Pittsburgh, PA. You know, and uh, it could be fatal. <laughs> yeah, it's not a bad thing. Yeah, you know, that's good. No, but again, you know, you've I, I like I like speaking with people. I like meeting new people. Uh, so uh, working in the, the shop lets me do that, and I, I like it because it kind of keeps your feet on the ground. I mean, <laughs> there's nothing quite like um, uh, going and winning a double award at the Progressive Rock Awards, then coming back and being back at work for three in the <laughs> afternoon to do, it, to do a double shift. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was um, that was the, that was that's it though. You know, that's how crazy it is. The, you know, the it, dichotomy it, of it. <laughs> 
But it, you know, it's a level of it brings you back down to reality. You know, that's it. That that's that's what that's what I'm looking at. You know, that's 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 reality. That's life. And uh, you know, it's yeah, the the, the uh, it keeps the ego in check, which is a good thing. So. Yeah, probably is. But uh, you're older anyway. I, I think yeah. people oh. tended to get in trouble when they hit it big when they were young and suddenly had all this money and had all these self-destructive tendencies. You know. <laughs> Exactly, yeah, and I'm kind of, you know, I'm 51, so hopefully I'm, o- I'm over the midlife crisis period oh, as yeah. well. So. I'm 51 as well, just turned back in August, so. Yeah, a good year. Yeah. So, 65, big one. Yep, yeah, a lot of cool things happened in 65, I did notice that. Yep. You have to put good. some kind of positive spin on it, right? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wasn't too excited about turning 50. Well, you know, just the trick is, you know, the trick to a long life, Tony, is just keep breathing. Absolutely. <laughs> Every day you wake up is a good one. Yeah, it means if you're if you're if you're awake, it means you're here. Yep. <laughs> so, was there anything else that you wanted to mention? Well, you know, I kind of ran through everything that I had thought about talking about. So, we're going to be making announcements shortly to do with um, the live concerts that will be in London next year, and. Um, there's that coming on. We've got, we're working on an album called Grimm's Pound, which will be out next April, but we're furiously writing. Well, it's all written now. All the drums are done and the instruments are just being uh, recorded. So um, did you, uh, did I hear that you had some stuff that was left over from folklore that you were doing and then you were also working on Grimm's Pound at the same time? Is that kind of what's going on? No, it's um, the, the idea was that we would have, we've got a few songs that we, uh, when we de- when we decided that hap- well that folklore will be a single album, uh, we had a few songs that we'd been working on, and then when we decided w- on the running order for folklore, we stopped working on those songs and concentrated on getting those songs ready for folklore. So we're finishing off things that were in the running. It's not because they're um, you know that they're, they're they are lesser than leftovers. Not- yeah, I, yeah, I don't want to give that impression. It's not that at all. It's the fact that. Um, we would we chose the songs for folklore that would work together as an al- uh, as a strong album as a collection of songs. Uh, so that was the, that was the reasoning for it. It's not because one was better than the other or anything like that. It, it, it's not about that. So we had a few of those songs to kind of complete, and we've been writing more bits and pieces as well to go on there. And uh, yeah, it's just it's Grimspan's going to be an album in its own right. It was going to be a a companion, if you like, a companion album to Folklore. Well, initially it was going to be an EP called Skylong. Okay, that's what I must have heard. Then um, we've got so much stuff that we want. And we want to kind of finish it. We, we, we want to finish this period of the band's history off. So um, that's the kind of the last, um, if you like, the, the last episode in this. This uh, It's a series of albums I've been working on since, well, since I joined in for the Under Four Yard, uh, the English Electric albums and Folklore. And Grimspan is a, is the kind of the full stop of that cycle. So because we want we want to try other things, you know, whether or not the fans want us to do those yeah. things we've got in mind is uh, it, that remains to be seen. Uh, otherwise, it may be you know it's not as good as the Underfall Yard. It's not as good as English Electric. It's not as good as Folklore. But hey, you know we you know we've got to, we've got to do what we've got to do, and we we we've got music as I said before that we 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 want to hear and we want to make and uh, we've got lots of exciting ideas so you know i just hope we uh, get the time and opportunity to do it this is progzilla 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. See website for details. Let's take another pause here and listen to another great rustic kind of song from the latest Big Big Train album, Folklore. They just released a video for this, which is a song called Telling the Bees. Listen, son Your father's gone Now the time has come You must tell the bees He gave his life Drip black cloth
Every once in a while, a song can still give me a physical sensation, like a kind of a chill or tingle, and this one did it for me. The combination of the music and David's emotive delivery are just perfect, in my opinion. Telling the Bees, from the latest Big Big Train album, Folklore. Now let's finish up with the interview. Yeah, I was just wondering, um, when you were talking about, you know, I, I mean, you guys have such a, it's a large ensemble at this point. Um, how do you decide, you know, I, I know that, like, picking the running order of songs on my own albums, or it's always an interesting thing to try to, you know, think about what songs hang together and what order they should be. How do you guys ever decide anything? I'm just trying to imagine, extrapolate from the bands I've been in, you know, trying to make a decision or pick a name was always like an awful, it was, it was an awful ordeal. You know, how do you guys, I don't know. Yeah. Well, we delegate. And as you said earlier on um, a couple of questions ago, Tony, um, I'm of a certain age now. So at 51, I'm not going to put up much of a fight, you know, yeah. if, you know, whereas if at 21, <laughs> yeah. it, would, it would have been different. And anyway, and I can't imagine Greg and I being in the same band with each other at 21. We know, you know, cause, um, but the idea is with Greg and I, um, you know, we, we've, uh, and with the rest of the band, we've all got our roles. We've got things that we're very, um, good at doing. Um, and so we do those things. Um, for example, we asked, you asked about the running order. By and large, uh, Greg likes to fit the songs into a running order because he enjoys doing it. It's, um, but he wouldn't have a problem if suddenly someone, somebody said, actually, I, I want to do the running order. Can I have a go? You know, he'd be happy to let somebody else. So it's, not, it's not territorial. It's, um, it's just the fact that we, were like to, we like to make the songs and present the songs uh, within uh, a cohesive um, uh, collection, if you like. So mm-hmm. it's got... But it's like a, like a good book, like a good song, you know, like a good meal. It's got a beginning and a middle and an end, all in the right order type of thing. So it's got a bit of a flow to it, and it's uh, it's that type of thing. So no, um, on the whole, we delegate. That's how we 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 get so much done. Uh, certain people within the band are really good at very specific things, and uh, we just play to those strengths. That enables us to um, get a lot done. And we, you know, at the end of the day, when we're working on on songs. Uh, one rule that we put in place was um, the songwriter of the piece gets the final say. So, for example, um, uh, if, if there's a decision to be made, the songwriter always gets the kind of um, the, the songwriter of the piece will always get the final say, and that seemed to stand in good stead. Yeah. So that that's it, really. That that's how we work. But like I say, you know, it's like when. Um, we, we we enjoy each other's company. We respect each other as people, and um, the success hasn't made us. Hopefully, I mean, I can't see any massive kind of egos surfacing. I mean, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm the one with the massive ego, and I just can't see it because it's me. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> From our conversation, oh, I don't know. You seem like a very down to earth kind of guy. And, well, you know, you, you've been around the block now, you know, and you, you alluded to that. And I guess that's probably why it's working so well, because, you know, Greg, is, he's been in the business a long time, too. You know, some of the other members of the band. So, uh, obviously, you're more mature and, you know, less, I don't know, I'll say piss and vinegar, you know, <laughs> as you were in, in your 20s. And, you know, it's just yep. like you, you've seen how it all works and you just, you know, want to. Yeah. Well, that's, you're right. I mean, I'm, I, 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 I I want what's best for what we're doing. And um, the good thing about it is um, if I felt that, if I felt really strongly about something, um, 
I know it would be given a fair hearing. It's not like it would be dismissed on principle or because that person always does that role or or what have you. No, it, um, it's, it's with, you're right, it's an age thing. And with that comes kind of understanding. And we're, we all want the albums and the, and the music to be the best that it can be. You know, um, people have a very, very specific idea about how they want things to, to, to happen. For example, I'll give you an example of that. Um, the live version of East Coast Racer. Um, Great track. Dan did an end arrangement for it. And uh, it's amazing. It's a, you know, but he had a very specific idea about the way the piece should end live. Because when we did it on the album, it was very different. It kind of a, a, had a long kind of coda. But he, he arranged this particular uh, piece uh, to go on the end. And it's great, you know. But at the time, I remember hearing it for the first time thinking, you know, well, I, I can't I can't imagine how it's going to be the end of a gig. It's not going to work. But, yeah, I was wrong. I was wrong. And, uh, and I'm pleased that Danny did that because um, it was a great thing to do. It was a great, it was a great thing to do. And, um, of course, like when we play it live, it's the end of the show and the fans loved it and... Uh, and that's how, that's that's how you got to be, you know. So you, so you have to kind of be patient with each other, and you have to kind of trust each other. Because at the end of the day, I know Danny well enough because he's an old friend of mine. I know Danny well enough to understand that whatever he does and whatever he says and what any of us do and say, it's all for the. We're trying to make it the best we can, and that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's interesting. King Crimson at the moment, the latest line, lineup of King Crimson. Robert Fripp's having a, of a whale of a time there, and because. He's in a band, he says, for the first time, where he gets on with everybody in the band. And uh, I do think when you're in a unit that is pulling in the right direction and you're all, you've all got common goals and you share them and you're encouraging each other to, to reach those common goals, you know, that, then um, I think that's when um, you can achieve kind of great things as well. That's, 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 a, that's a good thing. Bigger than the sum of the parts kind of thing. Well, it is without doubt. It is, yeah, it is, because um, um, the the individual musicians within Big Big Train bring so much of their character, and we want that. You know, we don't want them to be. Um, we don't want them to be. Um, I don't know, um, to not bring themselves, because that's why that's you know we like them as people, and yeah. we get on, get on as friends and and, uh, and 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 colleagues, and that's what we want. You know, it's fantastic. Very lucky. I'm a lucky boy, Tony. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. I I think you are pretty lucky. <laughs> I wouldn't mind it, you know. Uh, you guys all are, but I think you're getting your uh, well-deserved credit after all these years, and it's really good to see that, uh, I don't know, you know, over in England, you guys have a progressive music chart, and I saw people, you know, bad-mouthing it, but, hey, at least you have a chart. You know, they, we don't have anything like that over here in the United States. It's a it's a really niche thing, kind of, you know, progressive rock over here. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's um, bit by bit, isn't it? Bit by bit. I mean, the music is becoming, uh, being taken with a little bit more, um, or sorry, say, a little bit more, uh, it's, it's raising its game, its profile's raising um, uh, rising, which is a which is a good thing. It takes time, it just takes time. And um, but it's incredible. You still kind of meet people who still got the old, um, oh, progressive rock. It's all this. It's all that. It's crap. It's all uh, people that were into the kind of the punk and things like that. And um, you know all that that people were around at that time. 
still have that hang up about progressive rock, or some of them do. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't know. I just I'm, I can't really worry about that, Tony. I'm just, I'm, I'm just oh, the only thing I can do. You know, when when my grandchildren turn to me and say, "Granddad, what did you what did you do in the Prague Wars?" <laughs> <laughs> I can say, "Well." Um, you know, I got my guitar out and I, you know, got sat on my keyboards and I wrote some. I, I, I wrote the best songs that I could to hopefully uh, elevate, um, uh, well, to reach people primarily and uh, to get them out, to exorcise them out of my brain, but pr- predominantly to hopefully elevate, you know, elevate the genre as well. And that's it. Fantastic. I think that wouldn't be a bad ending if uh, if you didn't really have anything else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for speaking with me, Tony. It's been good fun. I enjoyed it. Oh, it's been fantastic. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak to me. No, thank, thanks for the opportunity. Because uh, the nice thing about it as well, this type of uh, thing, is that um, it's not only the musicians and progressive rock musicians that are, are contributing to this genre. It's people like you, for example, people who write, people who talk, people who interview. Um, you're not making thousands of thousands of dollars doing this. No, you know? I'm doing it for fun right now. <laughs> you know, and I get to talk to cool people like you. <laughs> and likewise, and you know, I, I you know, I, I see myself in the same bracket. I get to talk tonight, be interviewed by cool people like you. So, it's, and promote uh, promote the greatest music in the world, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, exactly. I, I'm. I, I agree. I think that's what it's for. That's definitely what it's for. And. Um, that's it. But the thing, the difference is now that people are doing it, you know, all the money's gone out of the industry and, you know, the people that were in it for the money have long since, years ago, went on to other greener pastures of income. But the people that love the music, that, you know, want to be involved in the music, either in, by from the, the making of it or the or the reporting about it, the, you know, the, the chronicling of the music, then they're doing it simply because they love it. That's it. There's no other reason to be wanting to do it. Yeah, right. All right, then I guess we'll sign off. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with David Longden of Big Big Train. I didn't know what to expect since he seems to be a very serious individual when you see photographs of him. He was very down-to-earth, approachable, and I thoroughly enjoyed talking to him. I'm going to play one more from Big Big Train before we wrap up. This one is Victorian Brickwork from the first album featuring David Longden as vocalist, 2009's Underfall Yard.
dark diamonds fill the sky and the deep lost in low light and ocean tides the love you never meant to hide The love you never meant to hide
showed me many places, made me many things. Carried me back home as if lost on the water.
That was Victorian Brickwork, another of those historic-slash-nostalgic songs that Big Big Train seems to excel at, allegedly about Greg Spotton's father, who sadly passed away shortly before this album was released. It comes from the album The Underfall Yard in 2009. Well, that's about all we have time for, but I wanted to mention that starting next week, I will be launching a new feature called Progressive Discoveries with Dr. Rob Fisher. He has a great taste in music, and writes insightful reviews for the progressive aspect and prog radar. So come back next week for the launch of what I think will be a great new regular feature here on Prog Watch. And in the meantime, Prog on, brothers and sisters. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.